Doors! Donda's out! It's Keeper Pod! I'm pulling! Dones, Dones, your life uh, is, is, is nearly complete. I think once we draft, uh, if we take into a effect Kanye uh, and the, the Keeper deadline passing now, the draft is basically, it's it for you. You can die a happy man. No, no, no. My time's coming in February when you hand me that beautiful hardware. Rich, uh, enjoy it now, buddy. My time is this year. It's coming. And when you win that trophy, you'll be holding, 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 holding the dick. Holding the dick. Kanye's holding the dick. Um, I forget what episode it is. It's 52 or 53. 50 something. I don't yeah, know. We're it, getting it up there though. Doesn't even matter. Tones, the keeper deadline has passed. And this was a much anticipated keeper deadline because now what's happened is all of the talent that we know is back in the draft is in the players list. And now you can check out all the guys that you don't have the ability to draft because you don't have enough picks to do it. How do you feel? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. I am more than satisfied with my situation. Don't even try that shit. Talk to Nick and Mike about that. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I mean, I got good keepers. I'm happy about it. Some interesting decisions were made. I'm glad everyone cooperated and got you their picks by midnight. Uh, but it sounds like it was a little dicey. But uh, yeah, there there were some very interesting, uh, very interesting, not only interesting decisions, but I mean, Dan went right down to midnight, man. Dan was flip flopping back and forth and he was making a decision. He had sent me a text that he bailed on at 1155. Is it too late? And I told him, no, technically you do have until 3 a.m. Wow. So it's all good. You can let me know. As long as I have the confirmation text to prove it, but he ended up sticking to his guns. The decision being Mike Evans, DeAndre Swift. We'll, we'll do more keeper dives very soon. I first want to talk about something, a, a, a big keeper trade that fell through because it was something that almost happened and yet then it didn't. And that was between Ryan and Nick. And I got clearance from both of these guys to be uh, to, to, to release the insider information. <laughs> So Ryan texts me and says that he had a likely trade in the works with Nikki for J.K. Dobbins. Oh. And he goes, it would have been a Dobbins-Hopkins swap, which may have included other picks as well. They were ironing out those details, but didn't get a chance to do that because of the Dobbins injury. So all that to say, it was going to happen. And yet because of the injury, it didn't happen. So Ryan, in back-to-back years, keeper trades... Although this one didn't work out. It was close. Though. Hey, good, I like I like it. And a good candidate with Nick. Yeah, Very fair. Being, being active for sure. Yeah. That, I mean, I think that there would have been picks involved there, I think, because I think at this point, Hopkins would have been a little more valuable than Dobbins. Uh, but yeah, Nick almost got his boy. Maybe you saw the Mike Thomas reuniting of last year and said, you know what? I want that. There's a few of these things going on. I mean, Rob was definitely looking at a guy like Justin Jefferson as a guy that he could potentially pick with the second overall pick. Although Nick if put he got a kibosh yeah. on that. Dan keeping DeAndre Swift. He's keeping his line. He's keeping his guy. And we're seeing a little bit of this, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. of, uh, I just want a dolphin. That's really good that I can keep. I, I, <laughs> Are there good dolphins though? Well, we'll find out we'll another, find out. we'll find out in we'll a year if one out. of our receivers ends up turning out. But, uh, I also have to throw it to you for the beef of 2021, and that's Rich and oh, Franco because it's real. I love it. It's already getting going. There was popcorn gifts dropped in the chat today. It was excellent, excellent stuff. Rich and Franco's beef right now is tremendous, and I think it all started based on the text conversation that you and Franco had. That got this ball rolling, man. Franco is sour with Rich. Rich is sour back. It's playing out right now. It sounds like there was probably some sort of trade situation that like kind of went awry. We all know that trading with certain people in this league, <laughs> Franco, could be a little bit frustrating sometimes. <laughs> but hey, people have different prices on whatever. You know, people have different gauges on things. But yeah, it sounds like it went really south. And it then played out in the chat. Rich is just taking shots early <laughs> this year. And I fucking love it. He's taking shots at me last week. He's taking shots at Franco. Who's next? When, Who's you, next? when you win that chip and you put a ring on your finger, all of a sudden you have a target on your back yep, and, now no one's, and now no one's friends with you. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is sometimes psychologically tones, sometimes when you are unhappy um, at other people, you're actually subconsciously unhappy with yourself. And when you look at, Whoa. when you look in the mirror, if this you're Franco, no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to throw this out there. When you look in the mirror, if you're Franco, you know, he's admitted it to me. I'm not pulling this out of my ass. This is facts. Franco is unhappy with the way that his year transpired. Maybe something could have shaken out in a different direction for him. He knows that maybe he could have been more active and yet he wasn't. 
but then to send that anger and frustration at the champion, the people's champ, Richard Ben, Richard David Martin Ben. What happened is that started the beef. You're right. But what continued it was Rich said, I now this year have no time for your shitty trade offers. Mm. So when you come to me and say you want Dalvin Cook and this is the offer you give me, I'm coming out swinging. And that's exactly what happened. And we won't go into the details with that. But all I know is rivalry week when Rich and Franco play. Oh, (laughs) yes, please. I will. As everybody knows, I randomize a schedule on draft night once the draft is complete. And I do not care what the rivalry. I don't care if it's me versus Dan, who have no rivalry at all. If it's if it's Rich Franco in week four, that is rivalry week number one. No doubt. I got to tell you that. Uh, Uh, Dan's new team name. Yeah. Chubby, think? chubby chasers obviously after nick chubb after nick chubb we actually had a hard time deciphering this um but that's just because we have a hard time with names what was we, it we before do. i miss saquon i miss saquon suck my podcast this year's yeah, champ, he's, had, he's, year's he's had bangers before this is like this Tro- is trophy emojis out of five give it a two Okay, it's, it's fine. It's whatever. You know what I? What's appreciate? the picture? Is it some? Is it like the Kappa logo or something? It's a little more. Oh, it's half uh, the Kappa logo. It's a little more aggressive than that. <laughs> I would say. I think that if everybody's pulling this up on their phones right now, they'll zooming see in. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lady. It's uh, it's it's a big one. All right, Dan. I'll give him this. Okay, we can sit here with the microphones in front of our face and use our platform to chirp the hell out of him. But I will say this. He takes chances, not just with his keepers, but with his team name changes. And he does it often. I've had three team names in this year's history. Uh, Saved by Le'Veon Bell, fucked by Le'Veon Bell, and And Poopies. Which you got it. I mean, you could probably leave it, but, you know. um, We'll work on that. Yeah, what what do you got cooking up over there? Is Is it imminent? We need a team name change. I honestly couldn't tell you. That's just bad omens going into the year with all these poops. Yeah, that's a fair point. Maybe I'll reevaluate. Yeah. reevaluate Rejig, I'm soon. putting you on blast for that. Figure it out. That's fair. Anyway, congrats to Dan for changing his team names, being creative, and uh, having to hear it from us after. Uh, some news before we get to the big keepers uh, and the decisions made. As we discussed, Dobbins out for the year, crushing for Ryan. That sucks. It's another second year running back. Second year, right? This would have been his second year. Correct. Him and Akers yep. were rookies last year. Yep. And I was texting Rob about this a little bit, and it's the heartbreaking thing for me is these guys were held on to all season long last year by two guys who saw the future and they had high hopes for these guys that end up being out for the year this year. And they both uh, end up cutting bait with the guy that they held on to. And I think that's just a sad story um, for their for their fantasy prospects, but they'll be fine. Did I not call this last week? What this time say? of year scares the shit out of me. You never know what can happen in practice. It takes one wrong move in a preseason game, and all of a sudden, your fantasy season goes from being very promising to now, fuck, what do I do? Two huge blows to guys that I really liked coming into this year, and maybe still do, depending on what they do in the draft and all that, but yeah, crushing, man. Glad I made it through unscathed so far. Knock on wood, knock on glass, whatever this fucking is. Here we go. So what you're saying is it's your fault. No, Dobbin, you tore Dobbins' ACL. I did not. Listen, I've dealt with my fair share of preseason injuries, all right? It, it all comes back around for everybody. What I will say is that I texted both of these guys and I said the same thing. These are two guys that despite the losses are in really good position. Yep. Ryan with his very early draft picks and pretty decent keepers and Rob with the plethora of draft picks. They're in good positions to succeed regardless of this. Definitely. Um, other news to discuss very quickly. Cam Newton released by New England. Not that he would have been drafted in our league, but that was interesting. Mac Jones. Was he drafted last year? No, he was a pickup. You picked him up. I picked him yeah, up. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he was drafted. I don't think he was drafted. Do either. you think that Mac Jones gets drafted in our league? Ten team league? Nah, probably not. Probably maybe not. maybe picked up after a couple of nice performance, but performances, but would you it's have, tough and maybe twelve team. Maybe. Would you have picked up Royce Freeman before he was cut oh, Love Royce Freeman. The Rolls Royce. I still believe, man. I still <laughs> believe. I don't think he's a special player or anything like that, but I think he can have a role in the NFL. I think someone's gonna pick him up. If they haven't already, let me look it up real quick. I don't even know. Let's find out. Let's see whose backfield this man just ruined. While you're looking it up, because yeah. you're Googling it right now. I oh, want- Panthers claimed off waivers. Watch out, CMC. Just Watch like out. He's just like new, that. I'm he's telling the you. New Mike Davis. He's not, he's not a bad player. People forget that rookie year. Like He made some fucking things happen. Injuries have caught up with him. He's not the fastest guy. 
I might be drafting him in the fucking whatever 18th round, whatever pick I have. Nick will draft him in the 13th round. <laughs> RB2. Tones, any other news you want to get to before we move on to the keepers? Or I think we're pretty much set. No, let's do it. Um, for people that forget, we're doing the same thing we did last year, where all we do is we take your keepers, we throw them into Fantasy Pro's uh, rankings, their expert consensus. It's all the fucking 150 air quotes experts. Um, and we tally them up. Divide them by three, gives us a nice number average. And based on that, we rank them worst to best. I think we all know who's worst this year. Before you say <clears throat> before you say anything, uh, we have a document, as you and I know, but mm. letting the people know. Uh, we have a Google Doc that we share for this fine program. And uh, when I went into the notes today to figure out what you were cooking up, I saw the rankings. Ten was me, and nine was the next guy. Yeah. And I said, a what lot. the hell? I had to text you. And I said, dude, I'm offended. And you're like, are you are you surprised? And I'm like, you know, no. But it still hurts a little bit. It still kind of stings. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Needless it was to a say, lot. needless to say, I had the worst keepers. Um, let's go into it. Let's start with number 10. Let's start with me. I kept Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, and Chase Claypool. And how do you want to run through this? Are we going to give them the numbers or just throw the average out there? I, uh, no, I want to give the numbers, especially for you. Go ahead. We don't have to do it for everybody, but I want to give them for you. Just to just to really paint the picture out here. Yes, Jacobs, please. the 44th best player, according to Fantasy Bros. Mike Stop. Davis, 47. Stop. Generous. Uh, Claypool, 64. Future star. There is like... <laughs> I, I can't wait. I want to get your, it's your team. I want to get your take on what position you are in right now. Um, changes from last year quickly. Thielen and OBJ, long gone. There was an ode to OBJ. You're not allowed to draft him anymore. That's how this works. That's fair. Uh, only Jacobs remains. He could still be relevant, but we'll see. What do you think? How do you feel? Well, I didn't feel very good about this um, at any point between basically April and now. There was never a point where I thought that any of these guys' ADP was going to shoot through the roof, that any of their positions were going to drastically increase. Mm. I have doubts about all three guys, as anyone would. But I also see the light in terms of the potential for there to be success there. Mike Davis with the volume. Josh Jacobs because of the talent. And Chase Claypool because of the talent. Let's flip that around, though. Mike Davis is fucking Mike Davis, first of all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jacobs, we know the situation in Vegas. We know that there is another running back there. We know the usage was questionable. We know his yards per carry was down. We know the offensive line has a question mark. And John Gruden is their head coach. Yeah. So I don't know what that's going to be. And Chase Claypool, in my opinion, all the talent in the world as a receiver, Ben's arm could fall off at any given moment. Might have already fallen off. Still can't really throw downfield mm -hmm. because he's ancient. And there are there are a couple other receivers there who, regardless of what we think about them, especially one of them with a dumb name, we are going to have to compete. We, as in the franchise of Alex Doria, mm -hmm. will have to compete for targets with those other guys. So I've given you the good. I've given you the bad. Where is it going to land? I don't know. But what I hope happens, Tones, after the first two rounds of this draft is I've replaced them already. Mm. And that's the hope. That's... It may be tough that's, to pull uh, off, but that's, that's ambitious, but it's possible. Three picks in the top 11, and I know that there's a lot of talent in this draft. The thing is, is as you very well know, the season doesn't end after draft night. 100%. It's the whole year. And as Ryan proved last year, you can go in with a team that starts to underachieve, has injuries, maybe things don't shape up, and you can actually turn it around quite quickly, including losing and winning the, the loser's bracket and getting a first overall pick. I don't, I'm not going into this season saying I'm going to tank. All I'm saying is we'll see how the draft shapes out. And maybe this is a year for me to really rebuild. And further to that point, last year when we did this exercise, Franco was number 10. A big yeah. part of that was because Kareem Hunt's ADP was so low. And obviously he had the stud in Alvin Kamara and, and the two studs with Kelsey as well. But, which you don't have, but... There is hope. Thanks. You can't have the worst air, like the fucking, according to Fantasy Pro's worst keepers and still make it out alive. Franco had an unbelievable draft and it propelled him to being a contender in the league. So, yes, you are correct. I have one beef with your keeper decisions because obviously there was no right choice. It was just variations of wrong. Fair. I don't understand. Like, I talked to you throughout the process. What are you thinking, Doris? What are you doing? Can you I, like can I say in? Can I, can I say what I think you're thinking? No. Okay, go. Say it after. Mike Davis, you were just locked into. Yeah. Very bizarre to me because I'm sitting here going, if I'm you, I would just take the most upside possible and try to make the best out of a bad situation. 
Corlin Sutton was on your team. Yep. Okay. I understand he's coming off the ACL. I get it. I totally understand. He's probably not going to be what he was a couple years ago. 1100 yard. What did he have? Double digit tutties? I don't even remember. He had a lot. Anyway, let's call so it fucking good amount year. of touchdowns. Yeah. He broke out, right? Yeah. I don't think you're expecting that. But going into next season, why not give yourself the best chance at another keeper just in case you don't draft well, just in case you don't make those right moves along the season? What if Cortland Sutton has a great second half to the year? What if the knee, he just needed to work it out over the first three weeks of preseason and now looks good? That last preseason game was making cuts on that knee. I mean, it's only one or two clips here, but like... I don't know. It seemed okay. What if he ends up being actually solid? He put up unbelievable numbers with Drew Locke and some, who was it, Flacco at the time? That year he broke out. He's young as shit. He's probably going to be the alpha male receiver there. Like Jerry Judy's a possession guy and like KJ Hamler was stretching the field. I don't know. I just don't see the point of having Mike Davis. He is the, like you said, man, he's a 28-year-old journeyman backup running back that is like never ever broken off a big run in his entire life like I don't really like I get it volume 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 I was looking at him pre-draft as like these are the types of guys that everyone drafts semi-early because well he's going to be the starter okay and on paper sure when you pull up a depth chart he's going to be the starter air quotes but this is the type of guy that gets replaced by a Philip Lindsay who comes out of fucking nowhere and takes Royce Freeman's job from him god damn it I'm not over it Philip I just don't get it. And look, look what happened, right? Gallman gets cut, and I literally thought about it. I'm like, that'd be an interesting guy for Atlanta. Boom, picked <laughs> up. Wayne Gallman was pretty decent last year for yeah. a stretch. I don't know. I could just see, I think Mike Davis will probably have a nice first four or five weeks. And then he's probably going to get phased out by somebody along the line. They can pick up somebody who gets cut throughout the season. Anyway, it's just, I don't see the upside and keep, I don't just don't see the point in keeping Mike Davis. Keep a guy like Sutton with the upside. That's all. I watched him all year last year. I think you're wrong. I think that he stepped in for McCaffrey and performed admirably. He's he, not on that team anymore. It, I, it's a I, totally different situation. It's a better situation. It's a team that's going to be in the red zone more often. What? Yeah. You think Carolina's offense going into this year is worse than what Atlanta's trotting out there? Really? You seriously think that? I think that if you look at Carolina and Atlanta's offense, Atlanta from this year and Carolina last year, that's a comparable offense. It's a fine quarterback with good receivers no and a running back. Matt Ryan is washed, bro. He's washed. I they, don't know. I don't see still, it. They still have weapons in Atlanta. I think they're going to score. And I think that Mike Davis is not only he's a volume guy. Yeah, he's. I know he's we want to move on, there. but I, I think this is an interesting debate because like, let's say Mike Davis does what you think he's going to do. OK, top 15, top 20 running back. Are you keeping him next year? And of if you not. he'll are, be off my team so by week eight. So what's the fucking point? This is what I'm saying. At least Sutton has a chance. Let's say Sutton if is Sutton really gets good. Hurt, stop, stop. Sutton has a chance to be a guy for you going forward. If Sutton gets hurt again, I can't afford to deal with that on my team. I need guys that I can either have to keep or guys to trade. And Cortland Sutton right. is a huge risk. He's a huge risk on a team that I don't think is very good. Time will tell. With three receivers. We move on. Let's do it. Rob. That was a good debate. That felt good. I'm into this now. Here we go. Woo! Fires are off. Fiery tones. That's Doesn't have debate? the same ring to it as Fiery Franco, but that's fine. We move on Fiery to Franco. Rob. Rob, who, in my <clears throat> opinion, tones, it was surprising to see you, but I know Mark Andrews has a lot to do with this. So mm. Rob sits at number nine with the with Saquon Barkley, who was eighth, uh, DK Metcalf ranked 19th, and Mark Andrews, which really brings the average down at 52. The Acres loss hurts here because Acres yeah. would have been ranked within arguably the top 25, probably 30. Um, oh, Aker, looking oh at, Acres was like, was he up his there? ADP was like the 10th running back. So like there he would have been like top 15 easy. Yeah, that's a big loss. Settling for Mark Andrews definitely hurts. But when you look at the top two guys, we're looking at guys who could be top three at their position mm-hmm. by the end of the year. And that is outstanding. <laughs> Rob also has a tight end now in the very thin tight end landscape, and he doesn't have to worry about drafting one of those guys. Rob, with how many picks? <laughs> how, how many picks in the top 30? Many, like, several. Many, and you don't have to go back to it. No. All I'm saying is it's an incredible turnaround um, for Rob's other players because guess what, Tones? All three guys are new. We checked this out right before recording. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Austin Eckler the year before, he's completely flipped that around. And his... Best receiver and his best running back arguably have higher upside because of the talent. So, yes, maybe Mark Andrews weighs down the overall ranking. But, hey, 
the end of the day, he doesn't have to draft a tight end, as you know he will. That's fine. Lots of picks to make up for some lost ground there. Yes. So, yeah, him... Ryan's in this situation as well. They can weather the storm because they have the picks in the right spot. So you, you nailed it. Like, I don't think Rob really has to fret too much. I think that third guy is going to be replaced by whoever he takes probably second overall, which, oh, I knew it. The fire alarm. The takes are fire, Doris. They like the Cortland Sutton. Okay, so we spared the people tones in a very rare situation of us actually stopping the mic because we record the whole pod at once. We had a fire alarm issue there. Shorty's fire burning on the dance floor. Shout out Sean Kingston. And it was, it, it was not the Cortland Sutton debate that got us going here. Oh, it was. But it was spicy. Love it. Um, yeah, where did we finish there? Rob? Well, we were done with Rob and yeah. we're moving on to number eight, who I'll throw to you for. Yeah, number eight, Ryan. CeeDee Lamb, 30th best player, Austin Eckler, 13th, George Kittle, 33, not as planned. Another guy who lost a good young running back. I, I think we got to talk about this and we'll do it now because it's coming off of both these guys' decisions. Yep. I'm pretty surprised that neither guy kept the good young running back who had the preseason injury where they'll most likely be back by next training camp to full speed. That signals to me they're both trying to win this year. Bingo. So that answers my question from Rob, which yep. I asked a couple weeks ago. Ryan, I think we all knew was trying to win this year. And I understand it more from his perspective because he has that first and third, like you mentioned. So you assume maybe one's Najee. Who knows what he does with the other one? But he'll be able to weather that storm a little better. Rob, I'm not so sure. If Najee goes number one, then who are you really taking number two? Like you're talking about like what the Chris Carson's, the Clyde's, those kinds of guys like that's a significant downgrade. I think from JK Dobbins, at least Najee is a little bit closer to what acres and Dobbins are. So I don't know. I, I, I'm very, I'm very curious as to, I would love to hear their reasonings for it. I'm sure it's as simple as them just trying to win, but I do wonder now, like who takes these guys and just stashes them all year and says, great, I got a keeper hopefully for next year. Right? Yeah. It's definitely going to be a late pick. Um, these guys, also, those guys, <laughs> the thing about the NFL tones, if this was the NHL and a guy was out for the year, I'd say for sure, like totally grab and stash. But mm. this is the NFL, man. Who knows? Yeah. The recovery from that injury, who knows what happens? This is part of what I was saying before we got interrupted by the fire alarm on Cortland Sutton. You just don't know how these guys are going to perform at a high level coming off these injuries. And with the running back position, the most replaceable position yeah. in the NFL, that's a big risk. And when we go to these guys, you've already said it. It's absolutely it. They're trying to win now. Mm -hmm. I'll give you Ryan for an example here. In 2015, you draft Leonard Fournette. Mm. He has a great year. First overall pick. He has a fantastic year. Where do you go? To the finals. Mm -hmm. Very next year. Mike no, Dotto. Not that year. 2015, you went to the finals. I had Fournette. No, I didn't have Fournette that year. 2015, you drafted Leonard Fournette with the first overall pick. I don't think I went to the finals of Fournette, bro. Was it not? Was it 17 that you drafted him? I think so. Because in this whole point. It was definitely later. There's no way Fournette's been in the league six years. There's oh, no way. Well, hold on. You tell me. Did you finish last in 2016 or was it 2014? No. There's no way the first I was, year. I was semi-competitive for a while. Let's see. Where was Leonard Fournette? 2017 draft fourth overall pick. Right. So it was 2017. I was wrong. Yeah, it's okay. My thing was <clears throat> Ryan's going in with the first overall pick right. for a guy who is in one of the greatest positions that we think mm -hmm. is going to be the first overall pick. Najee yep. has a team that knows how to use him and is going to use him. Yep. And Ryan is looking at this uh, salivating at the opportunity. So right there, he has an RB1. Mm -hmm. He already has really good other keepers. He's got his tight end position locked down for a really talented guy. Eckler, RB1. CD, sky's the limit. And all these picks to help him out with that, including yep. one and three. Ryan is tired of losing in this league. He's tired of loser bracket results, and he's tired of hearing it from guys like Mike, who throws trophy emojis in the chat and doesn't even remember how to win anymore. <laughs> so here we are. It's time to win. And I understand Ryan's perspective there. And Rob is kind of in the same boat. Look at all the picks Rob has. He knows he can replace the mm -hmm. talent within the first three rounds. Gone. Yeah, that's it. Just like that. So I don't know who is going to take them or when. Could Am be I them. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't thinking about it, but that's, you, if you're not, you're doing it wrong and we'll see how it goes. Um, that's but, the thing with those two guys too, is like, just to add to it is like, 
it's not like they've had a full year, two years of like proven production, right? right. Akers really has only had what four, five, six weeks. Like Dobbins, maybe half the year. He was kind of up and down last year, never really secured his role. So, yeah, I mean, they're not sure things. So I totally understand it from their perspective. It would give me a little pause to hang on to these guys for a full year, hoping that they'd come back and get the role that they were just projected to get this coming year. That's a lot of it's a lot of projection. I missed on the 2015 with Leonard Fournette. It was actually 2017. But Ezekiel Elliott in 2016 for Mike Dan with Saquon. Yes. These are guys who have league winning potential. We know the talent. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing is with these guys, as you just mentioned it, we saw glimpses of their greatness in their rookie seasons, but it wasn't like a Saquon level league winning type of performance that we saw from these guys. And maybe if that was the case, they would have kept to either trade to a guy like me or to just wait until he comes back. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. they cut bait, they move on and, and then that's it. And we'll see where they end up landing. Both these guys should have been higher on this list three weeks ago. Yeah. Well, maybe a little longer for Acres, but yeah, they for should sure. have been higher on this list. They a lot both these guys did everything right. You you know, we've talked on this pod at length. I thought both guys played out last year, coming into this year, going like, "Fuck, man, they're going to be a force." Now, they still can be, but yeah, now it's just it's a little unfortunate. But Kenyon, what can you do? Injuries, Ken, man. Kenyon Drake, Lamar Jackson, James Conner for Ryan last oh year. Oh my god! Then the how, infamous trade. My how roles have changed. Yeah, crazy, eh? That's crazy. Great, a lot of turnover last year. That's wild. Uh, number seven, Dan. Say his last name. When Winyarchik. When nice. Uh, Did I nail it? Yeah, kind of. It was Fuck. very, very close. We'll just call it Fuck. there. I'm Dan gonna get it one day. With no surprise, Nick Chubb, the eleventh guy. Terry McLaurin, twenty-seven. DeAndre Swift, thirty-two. Last year, mm-hmm. he was number one tones with Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, and Mike Thomas. Again. My, how times have changed. Injuries, man, they suck. Dan was debating Swift, as I alluded to earlier. He made the choice to go DeAndre Swift over Mike Evans, but it was actually pretty close. He also chose not to go with David Montgomery. Tones, did Dan make the right choices here? I actually do, and I'm, I shouldn't be surprised. I really like Swift this year. I really, really like Swift. I know he's not like sexy Lions running back. That team's kind of weird. Dude, there's no receivers there. Like, he's going to get force-fed targets, which, like, honestly, I w- when I saw it, I was kind of kicking myself. Like, fuck, like, I didn't think he'd make it to me in the mid-second round, but I was like, man, like, if I were one of you, like, if I were you, fifth overall, I'd be like, fuck, man, that's kind of frustrating. But Dan made the right call here, for sure. You know how I feel about Evans. I think the guy can still be really good with Tom Brady. You just never know, right? It can be great, it could be really underwhelming, and he's just another wide receiver three, pretty much, that you're just begging for a touchdown for. Montgomery, we don't know last year how it ended. Was it legit? He looks like he can't run usually, but like, you know, <laughs> we just don't know, right? Um, so I thought, man, I love the upside taking Swift. Reach for the stars, man. That's how you win titles. And I like that for Dan. I think that was a great call. Not surprised. Shouldn't be surprised that a guy like him made a smart move like that. It was the perfect storm for Dan to keep DeAndre Swift because guys like Mike Evans and David Montgomery have wronged him. Mm -hmm. And Mike Evans going, you know, going up against... The New Orleans Saints and getting shut down we're twice not, a year. We're not all as emotional about our guys as you. Listen. I don't know if Dan, I don't know if Evan's wrong Dan. When you look <laughs> at David Montgomery run and you're Dan, do you think this is a guy that I want to keep? No, but I think you can look at the production at the end of last year and maybe get caught in a wave, right? And think like, you know what? Yeah, how do I not take the proven production? But he's looking forward. What can DeAndre Swift be this year? Went into last year with injury, injured. He was banged up. Started off really slow. Was a rookie this year. He's going to be the fucking guy. You're going to have to deal with Jamal Williams. Good luck with that, Dan. But, you know, maybe Jamal Williams just isn't very good in not the Packers system. So Where's, he, where's AP this year? Uh, I think he's a free agent. He's going to ruin probably Mike Davis's fantasy future. We'll see. So just to confirm, we're four guys in, and the only person that you vehemently disagree with is my choice. Yes. That's right. Okay, moving on. (laughs) We go to Franco at the uh, number six spot. Alvin Kamara ranked third. Travis Kelsey, 14th. Patrick Mahomes, 28th. Tones, this one was an electric factory. Love it. Oh, it's great. I texted you yesterday, and I was like, whose are you missing? And you said, Franco and somebody else. And I'm like, oh, Franco's up to some weird shit. And he put the thing in the the chat, like, when's the deadline? I'm like, oh, 
Something's going down. But Something's up. Out, Something's up. Franco's going to pull a Kareem Hunt out of his ass, and we're going to be like, come on, again? <laughs> you know? But turns out he kind of was up to something, yeah. because as we know, there were negotiations yep, going yep. on, If and Rich won't even call them negotiations, I bet, if he had a platform to say that. So we'll just say that Franco and Rich were having discussions about Dalvin Cook, and yep. there was a discussion going on there about that player. So when all sudden done, Franco... You know, gets it in before midnight, and it's Patrick Mahomes. He gets it in, all right. Mahomes over Keenan Allen, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Thoughts? Should we give them any particular Should thing we? That you want for? Any um, particular thing you want to say about Pat Mahomes? No, I mean, listen, I I'm surprised. Uh, Keenan Allen's upside is massive. Uh, a lot of people like Clyde this year. I think his upside is massive. I think I understand it. From a team building perspective, I you know having Kelsey Mahomes that double stack was very valuable for him last year, and I think that's going to continue. There's no reason why that couldn't continue. I agree with Dan that Kelsey's age is like the clock's ticking here, and like the guy's just been astonishingly healthy for his whole career. When's that going to strike? Uh, hopefully not. I love him as a player, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But you know, it's things you got to think about. Um, from a value perspective. I kind of don't agree with it. If you wanted Patrick Mahomes, I'm pretty sure you could have been able to draft him. Franco has his first. He has his second. I mean, he's probably a first or second round pick. Who else is really going to reach and take Mahomes if you don't have one of the KC guys? Maybe only Nick, who has Tyreek. But, like, he's Rob. not picking until the fucking the, the answer, middle of the 18th. The obvious answer is Rob, who has tons of picks. And mm. if you're Franco, you know where you want to take Mahomes, and you know where you don't want to take Keenan and Clyde. And at the end of the day, what he said was, one of the things he said to me last night, in a flurry of justification text to say why he picked his guy. But anyway, um, love, love, love you, Franco. I really do. Um, he knows that Mahomes is his guy. Mm-hmm. And when he's your guy, you don't want to pass up on that guy he's also not sure where quarterbacks are going to go this year because there is a very top heavy Mm, quarterback class and we don't really know what's going to happen with a lot of the other guys Mm -hmm. and we saw a guy like Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen put up 400 fantasy points last year oh my god when you have that stack as well with Kelsey I mean we saw him win how many weeks with that stack last year yep so you take your guy that you do it and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. That's That's been his MO since day one in this league and he's going to keep it going forward. And to wrap it up, like you got to you got to say this, right? Mahomes is about as safe a fantasy player as you can get. Yeah. Barring injury, which any player can have, like, you know what you're getting out of Mahomes. It's going to be really fucking good. You don't have to worry about quarterback all year except for a bye week. So you set it and forget it. Isn't that kind of the goal of us drafting and keeping guys, right? You just want guys that you know you can rely on. And he's going to be able to rely on Mahomes. So you can't knock it a, a ton. I think there was way more out there options that I was like, is he going to keep Odell Beckham Jr.? Is that what's about to come down? I was like, for the content, please, please. You had please. convinced yourself at some point. I was, was ready, happening. bro. I was ready. Oh, I was ready for it. I saw him on the list. I'm like, who could he possibly keep? Like, who's out there that he could keep? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be Odell, isn't it? Anyway. Uh, all right. Moving on to number five, Tones, it's you. Oh, yeah. Aaron Jones ranked sixth. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 17th. A.J. Brown, 21. What are the rules of your uh, keeper, Tones? I, I said it in the offseason. These are the bylaws. I have to keep a Brown. Yeah. Always. Always. This is why I floundered the last couple years. I didn't have a Brown. Yeah. Now we're back. A.J. Brown, welcome to the welcome to the squad. A former, a former Rob keeper, Aaron Jones, you had last year, and Antonio Gibson, obviously the fifth or sixth round pick that I destroyed uh, for you last year. Fourth? and Maybe. Fourth. And here he is. Miles Sanders, out. George Kittle, out. Tones, the turnover in keepers in this league continues. Mm. You are no exception to this. But Aaron Jones is your rock. Yeah, he's going to be great this year. No Jamal Williams to piss him off. We don't know if A.J. Dillon's good yet. We'll find out. Uh, definitely can't catch passes, so that's exciting. Um, I think Aaron Jones can have probably his best year ever, which is saying something. He's been top five with Jamal Williams there last two years. Yep. Yeah, it's been a little volatile up and down a little bit here and there, but without Jamal, like we, again, like everyone's just jizzing their pants over A.J. Dillon over one game he had last year where both guys were hurt and a picture of his quads. Cool. Great. That doesn't mean you're a good NFL football player, and even if you are good... 
Are, do we know you're better than what Jamal Williams was? So if you're as good as Jamal Williams, you get Jamal Williams' workload, Aaron Jones is still a top five guy. Not worried. And that is fair. I think that's the point I was going to make is that don't look at it as a situation. Where, I mean, look at it however you want, but I wouldn't look at it as a situation where Jamal Williams is gone. Therefore, Aaron Jones leapfrogs no. into this upper no. elite RB1. They replaced Jamal Williams with another guy. I'm not saying that Dylan's any better or worse. I'm just saying mm-hmm. he will fill the same role because it's Green Bay. That's what they're going to do. But you make a good point. He's still a top five running back, Aaron Jones, and you have two studs. I know that many people were asking about mm. who you were keeping if I had any inside track and I had to say no because you kept your cards real tight to your chest tones. People wanted Antonio Gibson badly in this league and they wanted to take him in the top five or six and you you keep the guy. Very good pick, maybe. We'll see. But a lot of people really high on it. The, up, the upside's huge. Like It's the same coaching staff that worked with McCaffrey. If you look at the usage of McCaffrey in year one, for both these guys, it's like identical. Like they had the same number of carries, like within like 10, same number of receptions and targets. Gibson had a lot more touchdowns. And then McCaffrey year two became McCaffrey, right? They gave him the rock and said, you're the fucking dude. Here's 90% of the workload. I don't think that's going to happen with Gibson, but I think there will be a similarity there. Uh, he's the sky's the limit for this kid. He only scratched the surface last year. We've talked to nauseam about it. He was a great runner. They didn't even need to use him in the passing game. They will this year. And if they do, look the fuck out, man. He's going to be sick. Uh, AJ Brown, I'm super pumped about. Super sad about Mike Thomas. Still think him, Miles Sanders, Chris Godwin. All these guys are going to be really good. Um, Especially Thomas when he comes back. So that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But I just couldn't do it if I'm trying to win now. I cannot have a guy sitting on my IR for half the season while I'm trying to win games. It's just not take pages out of Dan, right? This is why he trades all his injured guys. You need guys that fucking put up points. And AJ Brown, I think, could be awesome this year. Totally. So I'm pumped, man. I like my three. Moving on to CRG, who is number four. Stud, stud receivers, arguably top two or three in the entire game. And mm-hmm. Devontae Adams ranked seventh. Calvin Ridley, 15th. Joe Mixon, who, yes, he is keeping and is on his team, <laughs> ranked 20th. Um, he had Russell Wilson last year. He swaps out Wilson for Calvin Ridley. Uh, hello. Last year we said, I'm pretty sure it was on this very pod, that he is in search all year for the third keeper there. Because yeah. the first two are great. It was Mixon, it was Adams. That third guy, right, goes out into the draft. I think it was the second, second round. It was the second which round. Which was loaded. DK Metcalf went there. Terry McLaurin went there. <laughs> Todd Gurley went there. Mahomes went there. I didn't have a um, chance to draft those receivers. Rough. Todd Gurley just, came. Just, just rough. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't have a chance. It's okay. It's okay. We all get chirped on this pod. But yeah, Calvin Ridley, a great, (laughs) great pick. Uh, And there's his third keeper, right? And obviously Julio Jones out of town. I I mean, you could make the case that like, uh uh-oh, Julio Jones took a lot of attention. But like Ridley, we've seen because Julio's been out so many games in Atlanta in the last couple of years. Bingo. We've seen it before where Ridley's been the go-to guy and he's delivered time and time again. I think the sky's the limit for this kid. I think legit overall wide receiver one is possible for this guy this year. There is no doubt in my mind he's going to get volume up the ass. They're going to be running a ton. Uh, they're going to be throwing a ton. And this goes back to the whole Mike Davis conversation. Him and Pitts are going to be able, Ridley and Pitts are going to be able to oh. move move the needle. I know that Matt Ryan has his issues, but we're talking about two extremely talented receivers that may be able to make the most of a washed quarterback. And I think that Ridley is a fantastic receiver. CRG is going to love him. Maybe top three this year. The big question I have for CRG. Yeah. Last year of Aaron Rodgers. What happens to Devontae Adams? I talked to him about this. I think he's obviously very good. And I think even if it's Jordan Love or whoever, I think he'll be fine. But like, that's an interesting little sub storyline for CRG. Because if it goes really south this year, boom, like he's selling off, sell off vacations.com. Who's all, who's got the fucking best offer for me. Let's do it. Um, but if, if he drafts well, which I think he can because he has some good picks, uh, he might not have to worry about that. He might just ride the wave. Some guys in this league have done it, and they've done it, and they've won with it. Mm-hmm. It's capitalizing on the success of your keepers in their prime. Some other guys haven't. Won't name any names. But Rich did it last year Me. with Dalvin Cook. He finally got it done with Dalvin Cook, and he won a championship out of yep. it. CRG's had one of the best receivers in fantasy over the last few years. He's going to do it again this year. Beyond this year, like you said— unknown yep 
Gennaro has to move the needle. He has to win a playoff game for the first time ever <laughs> this year. He has put up more than 80 points in week. What is it? Oh, fuck. What is it now? He's, he's never 15. won a playoff game. He no, he has made he has been sixth place and lost in the first wow. round every year until last year where he didn't make the playoffs at all because of a late sell and a late Holy collapse. Holy shit, that is bananas. Tough I didn't scenes, know that. tough scenes. Um, but here we are. I, I do have faith in Janera this year. I know that he has a couple extra picks to show it. And I know that some people are on the fence about Joe Mixon, but I really like Joe Mixon in that offense. So we will see what happens. Yeah, we will. Rank third tones who you got at three. We have a tie for second, third, whatever you want to call this. We're going to call it third. It's the Dotto Bros. Oh, boy. We're going to start with Mike. I'm going to give the tiebreaker to the highest guy with the ADP, and that's, of course, McCaffrey. So we'll give Nick second here, de facto second. Sure. It's Mike. Henry leads the way, fourth ADP. Then it's Zeke at five. Then it's Waller at 23. Wow, 23. Um, Think about where Mike was a year ago. Yeah. Julio Jones is who he's getting. He's talking about it. I mean, I guess it was a year and a week ago. How pumped he was for Julio. Has the chance to keep Julio. He gone. See ya. Darren Waller in. Good move or not? Considering the other options, I think it's a no-brainer. We talked about getting your tight end stud in Travis Kelsey. Getting your QB1 stud in Pat Mahomes. What about your tight end two? Arguably. Yep. In a PPR league tones. I think could be tight end one this year. Call me crazy. Wow. This will save for the bold predictions on the next podcast. Uh, Stay tuned. Darren Waller with a half PPR league Mm -hmm. with a half peeper. Peeper. Tones. The peeper. Huge. Absolutely huge. He's got two of the best running backs in fantasy. And now he's got one of, if not the best tight end in fantasy. Where Mike's picks will take him, we don't know. Mm -hmm. But what we do know is this. If Mike takes a page out of Nick's book and maybe dials it back a bit, Mike will be aggressive again this year too. Like we said, capitalize on the window that's been provided with his stud keepers. Yep. Love the move. Yep. Do I like Julio this year? I got to be honest. I kind of do, but do I like him over Darren Waller? Mm. God, no. And I didn't like Adam Thielen more over him. I didn't like Tyler Lockett more. And Mike definitely making the right choice. And yeah, it's Mike. Mike is going to be, I hate, I hate to say it. <laughs> and he's going to, he's going to clip this and show it to Marina, but Mike will be a force this year. And I hate to say it. I, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Cause I think you might get crazy lucky and draft this year as Justin Jefferson in the 10th round. And then boom, you replace Julio, but you can't get a da- Darren Waller in the 10th round, even though Darren Waller was a fucking, wasn't he a waiver pickup the year he broke out? But like the odds of that, that's like a once in a lifetime situation. So yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Lock in your tight end. You don't have to worry about it. Set it and forget it for the rest of the way. We Makes know sense. when you go back to some other keepers and, and, and let's just, I'm very quickly going to do this. Okay. But Joe Mixon, CRG was the last team. Joe Mixon, he can have pooper games. Okay. We know Aaron Jones can have his pooper games every now and then. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about history and how it's yep. spoken. Casey's offense gets shut down. They run the ball. Mahomes maybe doesn't have his great game. I'm just going back through the list. There's question marks with Swift. We go on, but with Mike, I think what we finally found at this third ranked spot tied for third, tied for second, is the highest floor we've seen amongst any team's keepers that we've hit so far yet in this uh, in this exercise. Yeah. The floor for Zeke, Henry, and Darren Waller is so high. And I know he hasn't drafted another player, but if every week those guys give you, let's call it 15 each for the running backs at a minimum with, with half peeper, and then Darren Waller, I mean, Mike's floor is already so high We'll see what he does in the draft. But then again, he gets aggressive. Man, we're looking at a scary team. And I think that that also applies for the next two teams. But this is the first time in this exercise we've seen that. Honestly, I think the big key guy here, and I agree or disagree with me on this. I'll get your take on it. But it's Zeke. Because the guy has a chance to go two different directions, as I explained a couple weeks ago. Like, if he if he comes out week one and fumbles, like, oh my God, what the fuck is going to happen? But he looks really good. Stay healthy and look what, like, who knows what could happen, right? So, I don't know. He's 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 the key, I think. If he returns to tip-top form, then yes, 100%. He's got the highest ceiling probably out of all these three teams. Nah, actually, no, I take that back. He's definitely got the highest floor, 100%. 
So yeah, I think Seek is the key cog there. I'm pretty confident in Waller, and at this point, I'm just not betting against Henry. I'm That's just fair. done with that. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the year that he will collapse. Watch, no, watch, watch. Uh, Nick, as you mentioned, tied <laughs> for that same spot. He's got the number one player in fantasy in Christian McCaffrey. Coming off the injury and still the fantasy gods say, you are still our guy. And there he is sitting at number one. Tyree Kill, who he made the big splash for last year, trades a first, a third, and a fourth. There he is at number nine. And Justin Jefferson at 22. Tones, D-hop, out. Justin Jefferson, in. Allen Robinson, by the way, also dropped. It's been four years of keeping DeAndre Hopkins, and now Nick brings in the young blood in Justin Jefferson. Can I get your thoughts on this decision from Nick Dotto? It's a tough decision. There's really no wrong decision. It's just kind of what you want to prefer to do. I think D-hop will have a better 2021 than Justin Jefferson. Not by much. Are we in 2021? We are. That's correct. Um, I don't think it'll be much. Like I said, there's no wrong choice. I just think I would rather not compete with Adam Thielen. I would rather compete with like fucking Christian Kirk and AJ Green in, in Arizona. Um, AJ Green. Yeah, like holy shit. Or, like figure your shit out, Cardinals. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like I, I get it. I think if he's in win now mode, think i would lean a little more d hop but if he's also just trying to retool and keep going for the future as well on the fly then i think i guess i understand the jefferson thing tyreek's not going anywhere anytime soon mccaffrey obviously coming off the injury but still very young still very good so maybe he's just trying to elongate his window um and he kind of sees a couple more years left of d hop maybe i don't know I agree with you in the one thing you said with the target share. Adam Thielen definitely eats targets away from Justin Jefferson, although last year we saw that that maybe didn't happen as often as we thought it would. I would also rather have Kyler Murray over Kirk Cousins as the quarterback Mm -hmm. that throws to me, Mm -hmm. and I really don't even know what the future is when it comes to the Minnesota quarterback situation. So, look... You're betting on the talent and the youth. Yeah. It's it's the combination. It's not just like D-Hop, what is he, 28 or 29 years 29, old yep. this year. I know exactly what Nick is doing. And there may even be a little bit of emotion for Nicky saying, hey, look, I found this guy in the 10th round last year and he's going to be mine. Yep. I found him, so I'm not letting him go. Um, and that's where we're at with 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 Nicky Dotto. There's definitely some psychological aspect there. I love that point for sure. All right, number one, with all due respect, we bow down. Richard Ben winning again. The people's champion, Richard Ben, uh, with Dalvin Cook, the second ranked player in fantasy. Stefan Diggs sitting at 10 and Jonathan Taylor at 12. A guy that he took seventh or eighth? Eighth overall. Overall last year. Last year. Yep. Let's talk about Rich's Keeper's Tones because they're they're really good. Um he swaps out Tyree Kill and David Johnson. Dalvin Cook remains. Dalvin Cook, who he tried to trade and may still still be trying to trade. try to trade. Very uh, interesting. Know where Rich is coming from there, although the talent do you? is un. I do, I do. He listened. He's listened very carefully to a wise man and Dan say that you have to uh, you have to take advantage during the window, but you also have to cut bait when uh, a guy is injury prone. And I don't know. If Rich actually thinks he's injury prone, because that's not how he's selling Dalvin Cook. Um, We know that he's missed some games here and there, but there's no way around this when he's in there. And this is why people are interested in him in this league. Mm -hmm. When he's in there, he's one of the best running backs, if not the best in fantasy. Rich's keepers. Are they better than everybody else's or did the math just work in his favor here? It was pretty close between him and Nick and Mike. Like we're talking like two ADP spots here. I think I still take Knicks because I think the ceiling is higher. Is that crazy? Like if you get a fully healthy McCaffrey season and a fully healthy Tyreek season, especially based on what he did last year, and if Jefferson doesn't regress, I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Like that's like two 1,300-yard receivers. That's a running back that gets 100 receptions, not even targets. Like, I don't know. That's something Cook can't do. I think let's cancel out McCaffrey and Cook for a second. Let's focus on Tyreek and Jefferson versus Diggs and Taylor. I think what you're saying is that you're actually disrespecting Stefan Diggs' name and Josh Allen as his quarterback. I'm not. I know Tyreek Hill has the appeal lighting up the highlight reel, but Josh Allen throwing to Stefan Diggs is a connection that is rare. That is a special, special hookup. And I would argue, I would argue that within 
the next year or two, it will be a better connection than Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. I don't deny that. I'm not disputing that in any way, shape, or form. This is my theme this year, Doris. I don't know what I don't know. Let's mm-hmm. see all angles, okay? We've seen one year of Josh Allen and yeah. Stefan Diggs, Very and it fair. took a monumental all-time breakout from Josh Allen. Is it legit? We've seen this before. Guys have that spike year. We saw from Cam Newton, who is currently unemployed, took a fifth, took a team that had no business being 15 and one, 15 and one to the Super Bowl, wins the MVP. And then after that, a little bit down the tubes, right? There's no sure thing here. We've seen multiple years of Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Multiple. I would just take that sure bet over. I mean, we're splitting hairs here. They're both amazing. Like, it's just, I would just take Tyreek. Of course. And, and then the rest of the way, I don't know. It's running back versus wide receiver. It just depends how you value those positions when it comes to Jonathan Taylor versus Jefferson. I, you know me, I love my running back. So I would probably lean Taylor, but Taylor still kind of makes me a little fucking nervous, man. I don't know. I got to see more from Taylor. I and just that's do. exactly it. You you know that Jonathan Taylor has the talent. We both talked about that talent from weeks one to 11 until we basically wrote him off last year. And then down the stretch, he lit the world on fire and showed what he was finally made of. And I think that a full offseason and a full training camp behind a good offensive line and hopefully having a quarterback who's competent this year makes that team even better. Uh, T.Y. Hilton starts the year on the I, uh, on the IR, <laughs> which makes their team better. You're drafting him, stashing him? Oh, what are we doing? Second round? I'm Woo! Just, just shambolic state right now. Let's just get this draft. Let's get this draft going and get over with. And speaking of the draft tones, I mean, this wraps up this exercise. That was mm-hmm. fun. Um, the draft is, by the time this podcast, this episode comes out, we're five days away from the draft, right? Six. That math. That's not, Friday, that's Saturday, not right. Sunday, Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday. So six days away if you include Friday. Less than a week. Let's go with that. Well, hey, maybe <laughs> if people listen to this on Tuesday, the draft will be one day away. I mean, you never know. You'll drive yourself nuts trying to figure out when people listen to this, if they ever do. Oh no, I, I, it's totally fine, man. That's 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 their decision. This is quality content right here. So. I'm pumped. I'm ready. I'm ready for this draft. You lock the fuck in. You have always been amongst the, I would say in terms of research, there are some guys, yourself included, that do more research than others. Yes, yeah, I'm a dork, man. Do, would, would it be fair to say that this year you are the most prepared for any draft in the history of our league? No, I've been more prepared before, but this year. And not made the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Just to clarify. Several times. Okay. Uh, but this year's different, man. I'm coming in. I'm locked in. I'm focused. I'm what? fucking ready to rock. What? Where is this focus, though? Where is this coming from? Like, you know what, why you let, are you... You let me and my draft list handle that one, all right? I'm locked in. I know what I'm doing. I know what you all are doing. I got you all figured out. We're laughing. You don't have me figured I'm going to draft a great team this year. It's going to be beautiful. No picks. Don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. I can't it's wait. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Um, I'm very excited. Are we really doing this thing outside? I don't want to freeze, man. Fucking it's, September. It's like 10 degrees outside right now. We had to close the door to tape this thing because I don't want to freeze my dick off. People, we, we must discuss. People are definitely underestimating the uh, chilliness at nighttime at this tiny time of year. A week ago, Tones, it was plus 40, and now it's 14 degrees uh, by the lake in Toronto. So that's kind of where we're at right now. I I don't know if we're going to have another solution other than doing it outdoors with the Dottos, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Get the heaters out. And uh, Franco, stick to paper. And listen to Donda. Listen to Donda. <laughs>